I read about it on a porn gossip site that basically said the whole back door piece of it, you don't actually see it. So it but it looks enough like it that people believed that that was what was happening. Interesting. Right. So it was like showtime soft core. They were actually having sex. They might not have oh. been having it in the way that in the in the door. Yeah, that was it might have been a different entry. Hi, welcome to another edition of Go Deep in the Shallow. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. And I'm Bradley Trainer. And uh, if you've been listening to our podcast, uh, you know we have a daily radio show on My Talk 1071, and we like to expose the lies that Hollywood is telling you. And this season, we're doing something a little bit special, right, Bradley? Yes, it's a very special episode season of our podcast where we're going to focus on one person, a Svengali, a guru, a master of intrigue who's behind the scenes helping make some of the more memorable D-list and Z-list celebrities famous. She extends their 15 nanoseconds of fame, if you will, and her name is Gina Rodriguez. So the first episode, if you did not listen to it, I think it's important to go back and just take a little uh, hearsay instead of a look-see. I know you're making a face. Hearsay? You know, give it a little listen. Because you will learn about Gina Rodriguez and her history and and why she does some of the things she does and, frankly, what the Gina Rodriguez treatment is. Because she does have a template that she seems to use with her clients. Absolutely. And I think we're now three people in. This will be our third. We've talked about two other individuals who have benefited from Gina Rodriguez's expertise, if you will, including but not limited to, well, actually limited to because there's only other two, Tan Mom. Mm Mm-hmm. An Octomom. An Octomom. And today, yep. who are you going to tell us I'm about? I'm going to tell you about Teen Mom. Oh, Teen Mom, the OG. Yeah, Is well, she literally. the original Teen Mom? Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Oh, good. I'm going to tell I'm you excited. all about this. It's a good thing. Uh, her name is Farah Abraham. Okay. So you asked a really good question. Like, who is Teen Mom Farah Abraham? So I find this to be a little bit confusing to people who did not listen or watch, I mean, uh, the MTV series Teen Mom. And also 16 and preg- Pregnant, yeah, which is not watch those what Teen Mom is spun off from. Yeah. It is kind of confusing. And so I'm going to try to explain it in the best way I can. So the first season of a show called 16 and Pregnant premiered in 2008 on MTV. And that series, it was like a docu-series, like a one-off. So each week they would focus on a teen mom and they would take them through pregnancy into birth And then kind of the first weeks after the birth of a child. The premise of the show was supposed to really show how difficult teen pregnancy and teen parenting is. And so the first season of that, there were, I think there were maybe eight young women profiled, but one of them was Farah Abraham. Then that first season of 16 and Pregnant spun off into a show called Teen Mom. And that Teen Mom profiled four of the women from 16 and Pregnant's first season. Got it. Okay. So she's been there from the beginning. That which is why when they did a reboot of Teen Mom, they called it Teen Mom OG, meaning the original girls. So that she was really there at the foundational moments that Teen Mom became a thing. What year was this again? Okay. So 16 and Pregnant started in 2008. Okay. So that goes back... A long time. A long time. And in then, reality world. Yeah. And then Teen Mom. This is where I want to pause for one second. There's a Teen Mom and then there's a Teen Mom 2. Teen Mom 2 is the girls. Electric Boogaloo. Right. 
is the women, the young women from the second season of 16 and Pregnant. Yeah. Farrah Abraham has nothing to do with Teen Mom 2. She was a Teen Mom 1. She was an adult by Teen Mom 2. It, well, yes, put that in loose quotes. Um, but then loose. Teen Mom OG, emphasis on loose. Teen Mom OG, it is still airing. Teen Mom OG is, but oh, she God. only was on until 2018. And then she had some issues, I think. Well, I she had issues with them. I mean, it's a whole scene. But Farrah Abraham, so that's so, how we know Farrah Abraham. So that's how, I think that, let, let's be clear to the audience, like that's how you know Farrah right. Abraham, right? Like that's right. where you discovered Farrah Abraham. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what a Farrah Abraham was really, truly. Which that's interesting to me. Until Backdoor Teen Mom. I mean, I didn't watch reality television a la Teen Mom. I was certainly aware of it. Mm-hmm. I understood that it was a phenomenon. I did not watch it. Therefore, I did not understand what a Farrah Abraham was. And unless I'm misremembering or forgetting something critical, I really don't think I understood Farrah Abraham until she was a hot mess leading into because I certainly was aware of her before and I know we'll get to this later I'm just trying to give people a baseline for because I I imagine there are a lot of other people out there who are struggling to remember when they first came across a Farrah Abraham and actually that's what I think is interesting is that I bet that there are more people like you than there are like me meaning there's more people who encountered Farrah Abraham completely absent of any teen mom or 16 and pregnant uh, information I was just with her from the beginning because I watched that dumb show you also watched Hillbilly hand fishing you did too did i really i don't think yes I did. you did okay i've blocked that out of we my mind. have selective memories from time to time with our but with our crap tv one of my favorite reality shows of all time mm-hmm. small town security oh so good may she rest in peace may she rest in peace we miss you it's Captain. a spicy meet the ball okay i digress back to uh fair abraham so i actually think there's more people that are like you who encountered her for who she was in the sort of pop culture zeitgeist right she's not she is a person who had a hustle before having a hustle was the thing she would say and has said and you can go back and you know google her Farrah Abraham quotes which uh, don't get lost in that because it's word salad but she would have said very early on like I'm not here for the fame this is a person who is here for the fame there is no question about it so that's so that's the origin of teen mom Farrah Abraham I think also one of the things I do remember before perhaps even the sex tape was that she was kind of a Kim Kardashian clone, wannabe wannabe clone. Mm -hmm. She styles herself or styled herself early on, I feel like, as a sort of Kim Kardashian knockoff. She's like the poor poor man's... uh, Which... Yeah, Kim Kardashian. Which, honestly, and again, we'll get to this as we go through the conversation, but I find that somewhat endearing because as Kim Kardashian becomes more of like the Walmart of reality television or Amazon of reality television stars, archetypes, there is sort of a love for the knockoff brands. Mm -hmm. I mean, we particularly love the knockoff brands on the show, which is why I think we are so fascinated with Gina Rodriguez because she has given us so many of these knockoffs. Right, because she engages the knockoffs. I will just quickly say, you know, uh, beyond beyond her TV stints playing herself on uh, 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom, we did encounter Fair Abraham when she was really, like I said, she was a hustler before there was a hustle. Remember, she had a furniture store. Yeah. She had a frozen yogurt store. Froco Fresh Froyo. Yeah. With, with Bop, Poppin' Bo- Boba. Kobo the Bop, Bebop and Koba. Copa, Koba the Bebop and Boba. Boba, yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a, a boba. boba. 
Like it's a bubble tea thing. But we, I mean, we were fascinated by how she was that trying was to make these things the sex go. That was before the tape, right? That was, uh, after you know, the sex I, tape. that's a good question. The the timeline of Farah is muddy to me because because she's been really trying to make a go of this for a very, very long time. And I would say she's moderately successful, at least in getting attention. Now, how that translates to actual dollars, I'm not sure. However, I did read an article that was written about a conversation. Do you remember Myla Sinaj? Oh, yeah. Sinaj. Yep. So she was the girlfriend of Chris Humphreys, who had been married to... Kim Kardashian. Yes. For five seconds. For five and a half seconds. Literally. She was also, Mila Sinanaj was also on our show. Yeah. And I'm assuming also worked with Gina Rodriguez. Correct. So she and Farrah Abraham had a friendship at one point. Really quickly. I'm sorry. I just have to remind the audience, Mila Sinanaj, you may not know her, but if I say, do you remember the woman who claimed Chris Humphreys gave her herpes? That might... That might remind you. So what's interesting is I read an article that was in some gossip website about a conversation that Mila Sinaj had with Farrah Abraham. Mila said that, or Mila, is it Mila or Mila? I, I think cannot... it's Mila, but... Okay, whatever. Either I don't one. think she's listening. Hi. If she's offended at how we say her name, she'll let us know and we'll get it right You'd on the next episode. think that we would know because she was on our show. Anyway, Farrah Abra- where Farrah Abraham said to her basically like, I don't have any money. People think I'm a millionaire, but I'm not a millionaire. But she was trying to get Myla Mila Sananaj to be on this uh, dating app where people can find millionaires. What was that called? That sounds um, really familiar. I don't know. She did. It's not. It wasn't named in the article. But what to me is important about that is that acknowledgement that that just because we see Farrah Abraham everywhere and she wants us to believe that she's like rolling in the dough, she's not necessarily. Also, again... That's a signature Kim Kardashian move. And you're all right. like, well, she has the billions now. Mm. Okay, sure. But I guarantee you that a good chunk of the money made by the Kardashians was off of the idea that they were already extremely wealthy, which is a flex that a lot of now wealthy people do. And I think the same is true of Kim. But it's also true then of someone who styles herself after a Kim Kardashian. Again, fully appearing accurate. And we can get into like the things that Farah has done to make her own money based on some blind items we've read. But again, I would not be surprised if there's not a lot of actual money in, in the bank. And if there is, it's money that she's made off the idea that she has a lot of money. Yeah. Which is not I'm not judging no. that. I'm just no. saying I think But it's that's a grift. A, yeah. I mean, it's totally yeah. a grift. OK, so so let's get into the Gina Rodriguez treatment, because the first thing you need to know is that the the relationship between Farrah Abraham and Gina Rodriguez was incredibly short lived. It actually ended in 2013. I don't have great evidence of when it started, but it it could not have started. It couldn't have started that much earlier. That much she earlier. Wasn't around. And so what Gina we Rodriguez. know is that they had a really short lived relationship and there was an explosive ending to it. However, Gina w- managed in the short period of time that she worked with Farrah Abraham to get some traction for Farrah. So the first thing, well, one of the things that she did is she secured appearances for Farrah Abraham on shows like Dr. Phil. Total signature move. And by the way, I should also add, Gina also repped Farrah's family. So Farrah mm. has a mom named Deborah and a dad named Michael. Both of them were on 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom and Teen Mom OG. At the time that Farrah was repped by Gina Rodriguez, Gina Rodriguez also repped her parents. The biggest thing that Gina Rodriguez secured for Farrah Abraham was 
back, sex tape? Backdoor Teen Mom. Yeah. So Which th- is where, honestly, most of the world started paying attention. I mean, how do you not? Yeah. Uh, so, But this was a sex tape. It just dropped. It was it was an explosive exclusive where it just came out of nowhere. Okay, so I'm actually going to give you my personal analysis of this because I think part of what started to erode the, the relationship between Gina Rodriguez and Farrah Abraham was the fact that Farrah Abraham is basically uncontrollable. Oh, yeah. Meaning, we know Gina Rodriguez's work enough to know that she probably had meticulously laid out the storyline of how this was all going to go. And Farrah went rogue. Oh, she clearly went rogue. And can we also say this is now the second example of somebody going, actually third example, because both prior episodes talked about people who ultimately went rogue and had to be dropped because they, she couldn't manage them. It, which is, I, I really feel like you see that play out in the, in the sex tape. Spoiler alert, in the next episode, we'll find somebody who she doesn't drop and has actually been most successful with. Okay, that was good. That was a good tease. Okay, so so what happened is James Dean, not the... Dead actor. Dead actor. Who, unless you believe blind items, actually... Might still be alive. Yeah. Or didn't know he died, oh, I that's think, right. last but year in Canada or yeah, something. Recent. But, yeah, recent. Yeah. No, James Dean, the porn star, was the co-star of Backdoor Teen Mom. Who is supposed to just have been her boyfriend okay, casually, which supposedly. That is part of the storyline that was supposed to have been pushed about this, that it was a leaked sex tape. That the two of them, like she was just having a moment of like sexual experimentation and wanted to videotape it as like an awakening into her sexual self. And James Dean was there along for the ride and they were really in love and everything. And then the, totally and then the thing leaked. Now, before the sex tape leaked, there was photographic evidence of the two of them holding hands as they left the Vivid Entertainment office. And that was supposed to start the rumors that they were a couple. But also, they just left an adult entertainment company together. Which would make sense because yeah. he worked there, right? Oh, true, true. You know, yeah, yeah. but but who knows, but right? also, it's just this whole... But it's not like the two of them out at Applebee's. I guess I struggle with this because I don't expect Gina Rodriguez to be, like, expertly giving us a plausible scenario that nobody would challenge and was totally believable. Like, she's probably, with a wink and a nudge, you know, letting us know exactly what is going on, but there was plausible deniability around it or in a way. So my point is, like, I don't think it was supposed to be the most buttoned up alibi, but... It was supposed to be enough. We don't pay close. We being the general public does not pay close enough attention to try to figure out where the plot holes are. Right. But the people that Gina works with, tabloids like all of them, Mm -hmm. they just need a story. Right. So she had a story and she gave them the story. And I think the point you're trying to make is that Farrah then went rogue with it. How did that happen? She couldn't. She couldn't stick with this idea that she kind of gave, she kept on throwing spaghetti at the wall. So it was like, at first it was like they were dating and they had a relationship and they were just, this was just them in a bedroom. Then it was that she, you know, at one point it was that she was trying to make a sex tape for herself, that it was not for the general public. It was just for herself for, you know, and she paid to have it done. Now that to me is like, that feels off of the well, yeah, Gina Rodriguez that. track, right? Yeah. That this was like something she was doing, you know, to celebrate her sexuality at this age. And I think at one point she said something along the lines of like, my body will never look this good. And I just wanted to celebrate it. And, you know, eh, whatever. Typical Fairy Abraham. Yeah, like with, po- with she doesn't have an off button. With Hollywood porn production elements. Right. I don't know what that means. I have not seen the video, I will admit. However, 
I my impression is that it's not just a grainy. Oh no, Paris Hilton. I've seen it. It is produced, yeah. and it has like classic cheats in it to make it look like something is happening that may or may not actually be happening. Also. And almost most interestingly, I love that you just said cheats as if like you're an expert on knowing. I read about porn it. Cheats. I read about it on a okay. porn site, but it's true. There was I read about it on a porn gossip site that basically said the whole backdoor piece of it. Uh, you don't it, see. You don't actually see it. Oh. So it, but it looks enough like it that people believed that that was what was happening. Interesting, right? So it was like Showtime softcore. We look like we're having sex, but maybe there's no actual penetration. Well, they pr- they were actually having sex. They might not have oh. been having it in the way that in the in the door. Yeah, that was it might have been a different entry. That's all I'm saying. Um, but but what to me, what's most interesting is that then this all took a very dark and strange t- turn. And I don't know where Gina Rodriguez lost control of the storyline, but at one point, Farrah Abraham reported that she had been raped by James Dean. And it took this very bizarre, dark turn. I don't remember that for some reason. I know. And neither did I until I was going back and reading about it. And so, again, what I'm I'm saying is, you know, I think Gina Rodriguez had probably laid out... This is, again, my personal analysis. So it's probably some version of the truth. You're saying you're not a New York Times investigative journalist. I I did not vet this at all. Luckily, our listeners don't care. Good. But my analysis is that Gina Rodriguez, because she's good at what she does, probably had a a storyline mapped out for Farah. And Farah, because she doesn't have an off button and she doesn't have she doesn't have the ability to I don't know how to say this, but like she doesn't have the ability to think critically the story all the way through. She kind of was doing going rogue on it. And I don't know what happened. But yes, she did. She well, she also thinks she's smarter than everyone in the room. Right. And it's so clear that she's not that you're it's like when a child is telling you a story and you would know this as a parent. Yep. And it's clear to everyone in the room who's mm-hmm. an adult that this child is lying through their teeth. Mm-hmm. The only person not aware that they're lying through their teeth is the child. Exactly. Therefore, Fair Abraham. Because, again, she thinks she's so smart that she's going to outsmart you. Right. And and so I, what I what I imagine is that Gina Rodriguez was like, listen, it's this simple. You two were dating. You did a sex tape together. And that's what people are seeing. Stick to the story. And Farah kind of spun it out of control. And we never quite got the real truth, which honestly is just that they made a story. They released a sex tape to get attention. So, and that part worked. Is that where... The relationship begins to melt. No, down. so so then in March of 2013, Farah Abraham got a DUI, and as a result of that, she went to rehab. I'm sorry, 2012. She got March of 2012. She got a DUI. They used that as the fuel to have her do a stint in rehab, which is a signature Gina Rodriguez move. It is a signature Gina Rodriguez move, and it was a signature Gina Rodriguez move that happened at the same time with many people, and there's many threads to it. Which we've referenced, I think, now in... The Tan Mom episode, because Tan Mom was also in rehab at that same time. They were in rehab at a place called the Lukens Institute. With which Michael is, Lohan, wasn't he there which too? Michael Lohan is a rep for the Lukens Institute. And she and he was also a client of Gina Rodriguez. Okay, so it's like all in the family here. Yeah. So Farah Abraham and Tan Mom are at Lukens Institute together in 2013. 
for 10 days. It is a 10-day stint. And they're referencing her 2013 uh, DUI arrest as the reason why she's in this rehab program. But somewhere along the way, allegedly, Farah became, quote, unmanageable. Meaning even the people who work at the Lukens Institute found her to be unmanageable. She was bad talking other people in the uh, in the program. She was taking pictures of tan mom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The storyline was that then the Lukens Institute gave her a second chance. The second chance didn't hold. She got booted. And that's when she had friction with Gina Rodriguez and the two of them broke up. Fair Abraham well, has been just, quoted just, as calling Gina Rodriguez a lying B-word. Just to remind the audience, it was because she had taken a photo of Tan Mom. Yep. And shared it. And shared it. Yep. That, did you say that? No, I, I said she took a picture, but I didn't say the yeah, shared yeah. it part. It was Tan Mom. And that's so again, all of these, which makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is hard to understand because Sometimes we are just reading tea leaves, but how much of this might have been crafted by Gina Rodriguez? Right. How much of the blow up, like, sure, that works for me. Or even how much she just knows how to capitalize on the... Because I think this is a, a, a theme we're probably going to come across more than once or have come across and just haven't maybe really sat with it too much, is that she is benefiting from the, dare I say the word, ignorance and inability for her clients to know better right. and do better. Right. Until until it backfires. I yeah. mean, so that's the part that's but hard. It keeps her, I mean, it keeps her business model It's going. working for her. Yeah. So the, it may not work with the individual clients because it's almost like Kleenex. But to me, it sort of feels like when you invite people to a wedding, you only count on a certain percentage of them coming. So like, for example, for Gina Rodriguez, she probably is like, yes, I'm going to get all these people who fit my criteria of people that I would manage. Some of them will work. And some, some of, them, of them will work. And some of them are going to go bye bye in the car car. But pe- she can say to people, look, I can do for you what I did to Fair Abraham. Fair Abraham was a mess. You could actually do the right thing. Right. You know, she has, again, that plausible deniability or that like, uh, I mean, because let's be clear, any person who was interested in dealing with professional clients who were going to follow their advice mm-hmm. is not going to take on a client like Fair Abraham because they can smell her a mile away. Same with right. Tan Mom. So it. It kind of is baked in. It's not a bug. It's a feature that at some point these people will implode with the exception, honestly, of our next subject. But even that is rife with a person. You, She constantly has clients that will run away, come back, run away, come back. It's like hurt, I imagine it's like hurting cats. Yeah. Because and, and I'm going to sort of use this to, to spin off into uh, introing what we're going to do next week. But. Um, but we talked about it last week with Tan Mom about for Gina Rodriguez, it's got to be really difficult to work with people who kind of accidentally found themselves in this in this fame track who pro- maybe didn't set out to be superstars, right? Like many actors do. They know that they're going to have to play a game the whole time. These are kind of real people who found themselves in circumstances and the circumstances are what got them in attention in the first place. So then Gina Rodriguez hops in and goes, okay, so you got attention for that. Now here's my program and we're going to keep getting attention. Rehab, porn. Right? But you have to play along with what I want to do. And what we consistently hear, because she actually, Farrah Abraham actually publicly called Gina Rodriguez a lying B word. I probably can just say the word, but I'm not going to. Anyway, a lying B. Um, (laughs) Wow, it took you so much to say 
a word you use all, <laughs> all the, time. the time. But she t- called her that publicly. And what, again, my analysis of the situation is that probably what was going on is that Farah Abraham didn't trust Gina Rodriguez's vision. That if she would have just gone along with it, Gina Rodriguez would have kept getting her this attention that she was getting and enjoying, but she felt like she could fly on her own. But let's let's also just consider, though, that Gina Rodriguez is getting them to a certain point and then they do go off and fly and spread their own Mm -hmm. wings. And, you know, I'm sure she sits back and looks on and goes, I'm just so grateful that I was able to get them to a certain point. Right. Like she's probably doing some of that with people like Tanma, because I will say a theme that we've now seen foreshadowing we will continue to see is her uh, how do i put this her having struggles with her clients like tan mom Mm -hmm. and that friction i guess my point is is again just part of the the relationship right like because how many times does that happen before you begin to go, why is this always happening? Right. right? Like if it was just Tan Mom and like most people are just paying attention to one of these people. Mm-hmm. The beauty of this particular season of this podcast is we're looking at a bunch of these people. We can see patterns. Mm-hmm. And one of these patterns is that she will always fight with her client. And at some point, even if they continue to work with her, they will say, I'm done with her. Mm-hmm. She's a biatch because I sat there listening to Tan Mom Mm -hmm. tell me how Gina Rodriguez just would not do what she wanted. She wasn't able to do enough of the things that she wanted to do. So she is, what I'm saying is Gina Rodriguez is reinforcing this notion that she has the answers. Her clients don't know any better. She's got the expertise. And I think that comes through from each of these individuals, which again, it may be that she's attracting those kinds of people. But if your business model is those kinds of people, Mm -hmm. what is she getting? As a result of that. Well, I think that's a really good question. And then I would just say, like you have mentioned, our next show, Mm -hmm. our next podcast, we're going to talk about somebody who really has followed the Gina Rodriguez formula and still continues to. And it has reaped many benefits, not without struggles. Uh, But in the next episode, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about Mama June. And I will tell you that the, the thrust of that episode will be, this is literally Gina Rodriguez's most successful client relationship. It may not be her most successful client, but it is the most successful, lasting, long-term relationship that she has had, unless there is somebody I'm missing. And frankly, there probably are because some people she just works with at a low level, but she has not worked with anybody more closely. She has not been ingrained into this person's family in a way that she has with anybody else. This relationship is definitely unique, and we will tell you all about it next week. So uh, thanks for listening this week. We will uh, check in with you again next week with more on our special series about Gina Rodriguez and her clients. Stay tuned for Mama June next week. Don't forget to like us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And would you do us a favor and leave us a little review? That would be awesome. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.